Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. This is an up-close look at the students, faculty, and administrators who make your college unique. This weekly show shines a spotlight on the programs and people here at YCP. This week's host is Jeffrey Schiffman. And I am talking with Brianna Embry-Banks. Brianna is a student here at your college. Senior? Yes. She's a senior. She's also a member of the women's basketball team. But she is the founder of Owning My Blackness. Let's talk about that. First of all, where'd you come up with the name and why did you come up with the name? Yeah, so Owning My Blackness actually came together last year after we did the event Blackout for Black Lives. We kind of wanted to keep on the idea of the movement of reaching black voices here on campus. I really wanted to keep that going since I'll be graduating this year. We kind of didn't want it to die off after I graduate. So I sat down with my mentor at the time, who was uh, Phillips Thomas, an ISLGP. And she pitched the idea to me of starting an organization or a club on campus. Um, From there, we started like testing out names and logos and stuff where we actually came up with Owning My Blackness, also known as OMB. All right. So so you said that this sort of came out of the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and and some of that. How did that influence your making your decision? Yeah, so after our big event last year, Black Out for Black Lives, I collected a ton of feedback from participants and as well as people from the audience. And we heard great things, like there was particularly minority students who said, like this was a chance for me to voice things I would have never had the opportunity to say before. Mm. As well as we've had a few like students of other races say, well, I've got to unlearn some racist tendencies I didn't know before. Or this had me a chance to hear things about my peers I never knew and would have never heard before. So we found even though the focus was on our African-American students, the benefits that applied to work like this applied to all students. And you started to find some common ground, I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. or I'm hoping. I guess that that maybe was part of the idea, right? Yeah. They seemed that I actually, after that, started to collect some research. So I've been doing research about on the idea of like race and racism and Black Lives Matter and microaggressions, that type of thing, about five years now. And I eventually got into looking into the black-white achievement gap, and I attempted to look into the black-white disciplinary gap here at YCP. So for those who don't know, that includes things like GPA rates between black and white students, SAT scores, graduation rates, that type of thing. And I found that heavily at YCP, it kind of tends into that nationwide trend that black students kind of fall behind in nearly every category when compared to white students. So I started to look into like, why is that? Like, why is that not only a nationwide trend, but what are some things that could possibly be linking it to YCP as well? So some of the things I found is just simply the distrust between minority students and their teachers. So an example I like to pull a lot of times is I actually is a TED Talk. There was um, a researcher who went into like a kindergarten preschool classroom to look at the student. His name was Raphael. So Raphael's mom was getting those calls home almost every other day, like your student's acting up, can you come pick him up, that type of thing. So when the researcher went to observe, she said Raphael's name was called so often, she began to keep tally. And she sounded like Raphael's name was called for things like, Raphael, stop talking. Raphael, pay attention. Raphael, you're not ready to be an active learner. So the researcher said, she eventually counted up her tallies and figured out that Raphael's name was called 27 times in seven minutes. Wow. To the point where, <laughs> yeah, when they like sat down and as, had as, like... As a teacher, that's, that's a lot of times. What other words did you say in those 27 minutes? Right. So when they sat down to have almost like the reading circle, like, you know, they do like preschool classrooms. Right. 
Raphael, he was described as sitting down like crisscross applesauce, like his hands together. The researcher described him as like reaching his neck out for positive validation. Like, see me, teacher. Like, I'm doing mm. the right thing. And when he never got that positive reinforcement, he went right back to slouching, right back to talking. And it was at that moment that the teacher was quick to be like, Raphael, you're not ready to be an active learner. Please leave our circle. So what I found in my research is over the years, by the time these students reach the high school and college level, they're less likely to follow these social norms that they look for. So they're more likely to be your students who talk out loud. They're less likely to put forth the effort in the classroom. Even if you are that teacher who like extends extra hand, like I'm here to help, I want to help, I want to learn, that distrust is so formed that they don't think you have your best interest in mind. Not only that, in incidences like Raphael, the other students learned how to treat Raphael. So that now creates a border down the line for how students see other students and now the community. So when these students go home and talk to their parents, now kids like Raphael are labeled bad boys, criminals, the ones who act up. And it says like multiple research studies say that over time, young black boys especially start to internalize that. They start to see themselves as the bad boy, as the criminal. So it's like, what's the point of even trying to be good? If No matter how good I do, you're always going to see me as that. Right. All right. So, uh, and, and that's, that is something that uh, we, we certainly see across, you know, in all educational mm-hmm. situations. Let's talk about what the goal for your organization, uh, which is called Owning My Blackness. We are talking yeah. with Brianna Embry Branks. She is the founder. What's the goal for the organization? Yes, the organization works to educate, advocate, and elevate for black students. So kind of in simpler terms, what that means is we work with um, minority students and anybody who's a member within the organization to raise and maintain their grades in the classroom, get their foot in the door. We've also launched the high school level this year within the college world or within the professional world. And as well as just make sure they feel accepted within themselves, within their community, and that they overall have fun. So, so you're doing things in the community now. Yes. <laughs> so this year alone, we've branched off not only here at York College, but we've also launched in York Suburban Senior High School. Okay. We have a program going there. Eventually, we hope to get the whole way down to the elementary school level. We also try to do this thing where we talk about, like, put your money where your mouth is. So when we do, like, fundraisers, I have to buy certain things. We try to either work with black-owned companies or small businesses before reaching out to those like trendy ones like Walmart or Target. So I know uh, Friday, October 1st, we're actually doing a fundraiser with Skillet to Plate, which is a black-owned restaurant here in York. So that day, uh, 10% of what they make will come back to Own My Blackness, which is kind of like a nice way to pair up <laughs> the type oh, of thing. That's great. Uh, no, no, no. You, you, and, and to also find uh, mentors in the community for you know, potential students who might want to see, okay, you know, uh, here, here's a perfect example of a successful black business and that sort of thing. That, that's yeah, the, so terrific. Another thing that we have going, like I said, mentioned, we want to get these kids to put in the door in the professional world. Mm. I've actually started creating over the summer a professional database. All the professionals in the community that I've kind of brought this idea of owning my blackness to, I've had them all fill out their first, their last name, their job title, their job description, and the company they work for, and their contact information. So the idea behind that is as um, our OMB members tend to graduate or look for internships or want an interview or something, they can leverage my name or OMB to kind of get their foot in the door. Mm, That's great. So (laughs) on this same database, it also gives an opportunity for professionals, because we know connections is everything in the professional world, for them to suggest someone that they know for us to reach out to that'd be a good connect for us. So that's kind of the idea behind that as well. Um, we also have one of our first events coming up Sunday the 26th of this month, September, Black Boy Joy and Girl Get Up. 
So for those events, I have selected people from the community. So like entrepreneurs, people who own their own companies, their own businesses. I know Michael Mildrow, who's the black police chief here in New York, is coming. And basically these like three or four uh, representatives, community leaders from the area are coming in to have this conversation with us about what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a black woman and a black man, and the importance of mental health between the gender community and within the black community. So these are actually two separate events, one for girls and one for guys to kind of open up that conversation about things like an angry black woman or toxic masculinity. And as you can see, like as long as the focus is again on minority students, that conversation benefits everyone. Everyone could use help on mental health. Everyone wants to know the conversation about what it means to be your gender role. Like is like toxic masculinity playing a role in how we see men in society today? Like that's a conversation that everyone can benefit from. Why do you think that an organization like yours is needed in this? In, in obviously in the college community, but in mm-hmm. the general community at, uh, uh, you know, at large, uh, you know, York, York City, York County. Well, why, is, why, do, why do we need something like this? Yeah, so I'm actually local. I'm born right. and raised here in York. Uh, I actually went to a predominantly white school. Actually, I'm an alumni of York Suburban High School. Okay. So it's kind of nice for me to get back to my alum. There's nothing and wrong with that. Yeah, so I've noticed, which is kind of nice that I'm still a student from the student perspective, a lot of the stories and the research that I'm finding lines up with personal experiences. Things like you need to pull your hair back from presentations, your hair is too big, or them not understanding your curls, or that distrust of the teachers. Like I, I personally had a teacher who said that when I asked too many questions, I come across as superior. And when I raised mm. the question, I was like, but you definitely said that the white student, the white female who raised questions in class was an example student. It's exemplar. That's what you want us to do because it forces you to teach. Right. So why are they an exemplar student and I come across as superior? So, so questions like this that's been raised is clearly not only a problem now that we're seeing as student-wise a thing, you can also follow just like things in the news right now. Like this big thing with Central and York City School District with not wanting black authors within their textbooks. Why? What's the big what's the big concern about having black authors? Like why is that such a thing? And I think you just see it more and more, not only with problems with looking at I've also looked at um the achievement gap and disciplinary gap records from the public schools in the area. Again, follow that same nationwide trend that minority students, particularly black African American students, fall behind in almost every single category. So and only that, and the disciplinary actions are also one of the most highest students to face disciplinary action. So that's also time taken out of the classroom as well. So I think this is a very big issue. I think it's bigger than it's publicized <laughs> within the media. And I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And I think something like this, not only good to try to combat some of the issues, but to also just raise awareness, to get more heads flowing, to get more ideas turning on how we can help our community. Okay, uh, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. you've got a couple of events. Uh, let's talk about the, the two, uh, two events you mentioned. Let's men- uh, talk about the first one. Uh, which is coming up on uh, the 26th, right? Yes. Talk about that event. Talk about how anybody can get involved in it. Yes. Yeah, so Black Boy Joy and Girl Get Up. Like I said, they're Sunday, September 26th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. here on campus. One is in the business center. The other is in Wolf Hall. Um, basically, I said they're open conversations about gender roles and basically what it means to be black within these gender roles and the mental health community, things like how to deal with trauma, how do I talk about trauma? Is it okay to talk about my feelings? How do I go about talking about my feelings with um, experts within our community? So it's also a nice time to make professional connections mm-hmm. as well. So you're interested in that type of thing. Um, basically, this is a just show up event. There's no sign up or anything. Okay. You can just come, 
as you please. Uh, within the next week, there'll be flyers all around campus for anyone to find. It is, as of right now, only open to YCP students because of the COVID regulations. Right. Um, I think the last one thing we have going on is the fact that I just got uh, approved to go speak at a national conference. Excellent. Which is <laughs> NASPA's Multicultural Conference to actually talk about um, my work with Blackout for Black Lives and the creation of Owning My Blackness and how other student-led organizations can create their own based off of different social justice issues. So that's pretty exciting as well. <laughs> you sound like you've got a busy schedule, and including trying to be a, a, an athlete as well as a college student. Yeah. <laughs> how do you find time in the day sometimes, right? Definitely very color-coded time blocks. <laughs> Excellent. Brianna Embry-Banks, who is the founder of Owning My Blankness, uh, Blackness, mm -hmm. uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, th this is very exciting. I think that this is something... This is a conversation that needs to happen on campus. Congratulations. Uh, this is very exciting. I, I, I find it uh, to be uh, great that somebody's actually pushing this forward. Thank you so much. Was, thank you for having me as well. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for WVYC's Perspectives. The program airs weekly on Mondays and Fridays at 9 o'clock. Public Affairs program is also available as a podcast at wvyc.podbean.com. Jeffrey Schiffman serves as the Executive Director of Perspectives. We hope you join us again for this in-depth look at the York College community.